Welcome back to Twins Talk TV, The Peripheral. This is Beep. You can reach me on Twitter at Beepsplain. You will hear in just a moment I am joined by Mick, who you can find on Twitter at MickNick1291. And we are joined on this very special episode by our own Billy Ann. Adeline Horan came and hung out with us for about an hour. I wish that was in person. That would be so cool. But we did Zoom with her and had the very best time. So I won't keep you any longer. I do hope you enjoy. We're so glad that you, one, listen to our stupid podcast. <laughs> Why are you doing that? <laughs> I needed help. <laughs> and then and then also, we're just super glad that you were willing to join us. Yeah, definitely. I'm I'm honored to be a part of everything. It's a, it's a great podcast. I've really enjoyed it. I love how you take your time with everything. You know, you've got your own theories. You really lay things out. You're like honest about things you don't approve of. And it's really fun. And you're funny. Oh, thank you. Oh, well, thank you. Yeah. There hasn't been a ton in general, but we try not to like just hang around and focus on the stuff we don't like. But yeah, I'm like, I'm not just going to let that slide. Like, it's not. No, no. Yeah. No, there there are things that we can't abide by as the twins. (laughs) Who, by the way, are not remotely related. (laughs) No, not even close. Oh, really? No. Whoa, cool. No, we we met quite a few years ago through a mutual friend and just realized that we were basically twins in every sense of the word that isn't just like the biological sense of it. Yeah, right. (laughs) Well, your voices sound similar. Oh my gosh. Okay. I'm going to have to ask this before. And if we get to put it in great, and if not, we don't. I saw, because I had to like stalk you a little bit, that you are into like dialects and where people are from. Yeah. Yeah. I need for you to guess on both of us. (laughs) Okay. Well, this, this is, I, I thought about it a lot because, you know, I, and I'm, I assumed that you were from the same place. Nope. Not even close. No. Nope. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. Because I just assumed you were sisters. <laughs> no, <laughs> not even close. <laughs> well, I hear a little bit of something Southern from maybe one or both of you. <laughs> Mick, how did you pick up Southern? <laughs> you know what? I am an amoeba. I, I just like <laughs> slurp up whatever is around me. <laughs> and I also hear something a little Midwestern. That That is me. And both of us? Or can you just not tell us apart? (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's a good point. Maybe I should listen to each of you individually, now knowing that you're not related. No, I am the Midwestern one, and Beep is the Southern of the two of us. Okay, great. So let me think about this. Midwestern. That's so generic. (laughs) I know. It's like it could be so many places. Well, when when I was thinking that you were a little bit southern, a little bit midwestern, my mind went to Ohio. You know what? That's actually that that actually seems like the middle ground of like where we're from. If you if you were to like take the trajectories and put them in the middle, oh cool. That actually okay. seems kind of kind of point on because I'm originally from Chicago, but I've been living in Iowa for many years at this point. Oh, cool. Okay. And I am from around the Tampa area, but grew up with nothing but like wildly Southern family accents. So I at least feel good about maybe having stripped that a little bit. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't, I just didn't really pick it up. I don't know why, but yeah. So I'm from Tampa, Atlanta, and now Chattanooga. So like, I mean, Southern is, Southern is as Southern does, I suppose. Yeah. Can't get out. 
<laughs> okay. Wow. It, it all is clear now. It makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> you could be honest. None of that made sense. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm just a little mind blown, you know, to f- have found out that you're not actually related. <laughs> <laughs> we were blatantly lying to y'all. We do that. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Part of the magic. But we're super excited that you were able to join us. And one that you listen to our podcast, again, that is just mind-blowing to us. Yeah, I'm really glad I stumbled upon it. I'm kind of a podcast person. And, you know, I I guess, I don't know, maybe it was like three episodes out. I was kind of like, oh, I bet there's maybe a podcast about Joe. And I was curious just because... I wanted to know kind of what people thought. But then as I started listening, I was like, this is really helpful for me because (laughs) I don't always know what's going on. (laughs) Well, here's a question. This, this is what I was curious about being a little bit smaller part though, to be frank, you should be a giant part of this show, but being a little bit smaller part, did you get the full scripts? Like, did you know what was going on the whole time? Yeah. I got the full scripts up until episode eight. They wrote that one as we were shooting. Yeah. And then they also changed it. They changed the the ending completely and did reshoots over the summer. So I had no idea what to expect in the end. I knew my character's trajectory, but in terms of, you know, every everything else, it was it was a surprise. So I was kind of watching each episode as they came out with the rest of the world being wow. like, oh. <laughs> So I was watching week by week, and that's part of the reason that our finale was so delayed. Yeah. I had some medical issues that we have all discussed. Right. (laughs) It's not as bad as it could have been, but we had to delay because I just mentally, with everything that was going on, was not able to watch the finale for about a week. And when I finally watched, I was like, oh, my God, I have been torturing Beep for a week. (laughs) (laughs) I was trying so hard just to be supportive. I'm like, she's depressed. She's depressed. Ask how she's doing. But I'm like, watch the fucking show. But that finale was so good. And what I loved so much is that we did get that Billy Ann throw in with Jasper. Yeah, definitely. That scene was beautiful. That scene was so good. It was so nuanced and like. You do such a good job with Billy Ann. Like, you do such an amazing job with this character. But just seeing her supporting her dipshit husband. <laughs> yeah, let's be real. He's a dipshit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's a little confusing. I know. I, I I hope that, fingers crossed, we get a season two. And I hope that in season two, they go a little bit into, you know, maybe the history of the relationship. Like, we need to know why. <laughs> she's so obsessed with him yeah because she made that comment earlier on like way in the beginning about you know trying to get Flynn to talk to Tommy it was like if I had to do it over again like I might not marry him and so it's like ooh, tricky what's going on there yeah right it was so much fun seeing that bit of the story because they're they're obviously setting us up for season two they're mm-hmm. they're laying all of the groundwork. They're doing everything that they need to do for everybody to get their story arcs. And it was so interesting seeing the relationship between Billy Ann and Jasper and how it like is a true relationship and not just some sort of weird ploy because it like early on 
that we didn't get a lot of details about their relationship and just yeah. seeing that they they do have that groundwork they have that that layered nuance and seeing how it actually is for them was really really fun to see yeah yeah and they're really setting it up for that that story to go off in any direction like it could go in so many different places which is exciting you know because we don't know what jasper's if he's gonna be a good guy or a bad guy or a medium guy (laughs) 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 and uh you know where billy ann will fall within that well has jasper actually been watching the fisher family for the entirety of the season like he was supposed to be doing (laughs) right like what's he been doing we just like never yeah. saw him again. Corbel's like yeah. watch the Fishers, and we're like, "Who's Jasper?" <laughs> I know. I remember thinking that when I was reading the scripts, because you know, I was like, "Whoa, our storyline really just kind of dropped off in the end, <laughs> and they come back to us really briefly." But yeah, I mean, I get it. They had a lot of other stuff that they had to. <laughs> there there was a lot going on overall. Yeah. There was there was a ton going on. So what was your experience on the show? Like, how how did you feel on the set? And and what was just what was your experience overall? We're, we're interested. Oh, man, it was it was really, really fun. It was just everybody was cool. Everybody was laid back. Everybody really knew what they were doing. And this is my biggest role on a TV show ever. So it was very exciting for me just to kind of be like okay like this is what it's like to be kind of a part of the the series regular bunch and uh, you know it was I think the most exciting thing for me was kind of forming connections with people and getting to know the other actors and the crew and uh, then of course you know actually doing the work and the kind of electricity that happens when you know you feel like things are actually all going according to plan and like everybody's bringing something to the table. It's really, really exciting. It really felt like you and Flynn and or Chloe had like such a lived in friendship. Like I believed that so thoroughly. I was like, Oh, they've been friends forever. This is cool. How they like percent. Yeah. Oh, good. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we, we are really close now and I, I really value our friendship. I think we got lucky because we have a lot in common and, you know, I think we have similar values and similar senses of humor. And so it was very easy to just kind of fall into that. And she is incredible on set just because she's been doing it since she was a kid. So she just knows exactly what needs to be done she's like don't you think we should get this shot from this perspective you know she's got all (laughs) she just knows exactly what's going on i think she she could be a director and she's so young yeah Mm -hmm. she's so young yeah but like you said when you do it your whole life so what is a little bit about your background like before television yeah well i i'm from central virginia which is where I am right now with my family for the holidays. Congratulations. And, and I'm sorry, <laughs> like either, <laughs> either way, right? It's congratulations. It's fun. Okay, excellent. Yeah, it's really fun here. So my parents are both theater actors and they kind of got me and my sister involved in theater when we were really little kids. And we grew up doing theater and 
you know, I did theater in college and then I moved to New York and did more theater in New York. And then I think a lot of my friends from college were getting into film production and we just kind of decided to put our talents together and make little shorts and web series. And through that, I kind of developed um, like a an on-camera reel. I, you know, started just making a lot of my own things because I was like, I'm not going to wait around for other people to put me in their stupid shows. Like, I'm going to make my own <laughs> stuff that I want to do. Like, I'm going to play the parts that I want to play. And so I did that for a while. And... And then, you know, got representation out of the stuff that I was making and then started going out for film and TV and just got, you know, little one episode roles in TV, did did a couple of indie films. And, you know, it was a lot of like auditioning and auditioning, auditioning. And, you know, it's mostly no's. And then sometimes you get a maybe and sometimes you get like an almost, almost, almost Uh like you and another person and you just have to be really zen about it <laughs> and uh but there was never you know I never really had much of a fear that it wasn't going to work out I I feel like I've always had almost a de- delirious optimism about the whole thing because I'm just like no this is what I'm supposed to do don't you kind of have to though I mean it sounds like to me from everyone I've ever spoken to like no is like 90 percent of the work <laughs> Yeah. You know, yeah. it's like eventually it falls into place, but never how you expected it to and never when yeah. you expected it to. And right. until then, you're just like, hustle, hustle, hustle. Let me go to these million auditions that nobody likes. Right. I mean, the people who are in there don't want to be doing it. The people who are auditioning don't want to be doing it. It's also stressful. Yeah, totally. It's this fine line between being extremely optimistic mm-hmm. and just like it will ultimately work out like. I'm fine as long as I know that I'm supposed to be doing this. It'll happen at some point. And then the other side being like, I expect the worst. I'm I'm completely ready to hear the worst news in the world. You know, it's it's a little bit crazy. I can't imagine. <laughs> yeah, I was like, do you have bipolar too? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, are you, are you one of us? <laughs> no, I can't imagine living that life just because the way that my career trajectory has taken me has been very, you do step A, you get to step B, you do the work, you get to step C, D, E, F, and you, and you move forward. You go to school, you get your MBA, you get the job that your MBA prescribes. So I can't imagine the world that you live in where it's just kind of, it it seems like it's up in the air in a, in a certain sense. Yeah. Yeah. It it's interesting because COVID kind of put put you in that per- headspace of being like I can't plan too far ahead because I don't really know what's going to happen in the next 2 weeks. Yeah. And like so during COVID I moved back to Virginia because being in Brooklyn during that time was hell. Oh, I'm sure. And so I moved in with my friend in the country and you know, I was, I had been babysitting for my day job and we were just kind of, you know, on unemployment. And my partner and I were like, let's, uh, let's make our own little, you know, silly comedy videos in the meantime, just so we can kind of have something to do creatively. And we just kind of did that for a year. And there was something freeing about it because it was kind of like, 
I don't need to, I don't need to stress about the future anymore because what even is the future? Is there even one? (laughs) Is there even one? (laughs) (laughs) It's a stub. Oh, don't send us down that road. (laughs) No, we will theorize for seven hours with you about stubs. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's all a simulation anyway. (laughs) It does feel like that most of the time if I'm being honest. But anyway, yeah, towards the end of the whole COVID thing, I was living in Virginia. Auditions were just starting to happen again, uh, but they were all online. It was all self-tape, which has kind of taken over the world now in terms of film and TV auditions. I I think a lot of casting directors are like, why are we spending money on a, a place to have actors come and audition in person when we can just have them do it online? Is that harder or easier, like on your nerves? I, I, I much prefer it because, you know, if you don't like what you did, you get to do it again. And you're just doing it for yourself and for your friend who's reading the other lines. And mm. it was pretty nerve wracking, you know, going into auditions. Going in person and having yeah. to live, live do the scenes. Yeah, mm-hmm. having to wait in a waiting room with other people and like, yeah, go in and act like you're really cool and you know <laughs> yeah I don't think was... you have to act <laughs> oh yeah no but I don't know I I always felt like a lot of a lot of anxiety kind of going in and then I would have to sort of be like I'm actually really chill about this whole thing <laughs> <laughs> it's just flat out lying oh um, that feels like the story of my entire life <laughs> like pretend like you you're supposed to be there yeah no I'm here (laughs) it's so true sometimes we'll be sitting in like a business meeting and I'm just going why are these people listening to me I'm like a kid I don't know what I'm talking about (laughs) yeah definitely (laughs) imposter syndrome Mm -hmm. all the time it's pretty much yeah that's that could be my memoir (laughs) imposter syndrome (laughs) so what some I know some auditions get like really specific about like you know appearance and body type and all that do you run into the same people no not really not really I mean maybe in a smaller I don't know maybe in cities where the the pool is smaller maybe Mm -hmm. like Atlanta or Santa Fe like wherever else there are smaller communities of TV production, but not, not in New York. I never really had that experience. I would think that would be good. That would scare me if I'm like, Oh, Susie's going to be in there again today and we're competing. (laughs) Oh yeah. I think that does happen in, in theater, but not so much with film and TV. Yeah. But anyway, the, that whole COVID time kind of ended with, with me getting this audition. And I was kind of like, Okay, well, the description of this character is something that I feel like I can pretty much absolutely nail because, you know, it's kind of where I'm from and I've played characters like this before. And it, I obviously really, really, really wanted it because the project just seemed cool and she seemed like a, a fantastic part. And it was two really small scenes you know, two like one and a half page scenes. And I just filmed myself doing them with my my partner reading the other lines and sent them off and, you know, okay, not going to think about it anymore. And then it was just like a week later, we got the the word that they were interested. And a week after that, it was like, you know, contract signed. And it was a kind of a whirlwind because it was just sort of like, 
going from this really quiet COVID life of not knowing what's coming next to kind of like a game changing job, kind of a crazy time. What do you think about the, um, the differences between theater and, and television or film? Uh, I, I'm always, I think theater will always be my true love because it's what I grew up doing. And there, there's something very magical about everything happening in the moment and having a, a live audience to share that magic with. I mean, they feel like two completely different, they are two completely different art forms, but in terms of the acting, they feel like two completely different art forms. Uh, but but I enjoy I enjoy both of them and I like the uh, I find I do find it challenging to you know we were shooting bits of episode five you know before we were shooting bits of episode one and Oof. that's oh, hard. That, that is difficult yeah yeah but you know I appreciate the challenge so sure. it's it's fun but yeah I I can't wait to do theater again I miss it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I can say that we thoroughly appreciate you as our Billy Ann. Like, I can't imagine anybody else playing the role. All right. Like, you live it. You you fulfill that role so well. Like, you, you live in that moment. So, like, even in the pilot when Flynn and Billy Ann are talking and just vibing with each other about their existence you you feel that so hard all the way to in the finale where Billy Ann is talking Jasper down mm -hmm. like it's it's a fully lived in character and I lo have loved every second that we've had with her cool well thank you for saying that <laughs> yeah and you know what I love about her in in like the best way is she's like stability for so many people yeah. And like the grounding force outside of, you know, all the insanity that's going on. I know that when you step on screen, I'm going to get comfort. I'm going to get lived in relationships. I'm going to feel comforted myself for what's <laughs> going on. I, we got to ask you, how great was it to be able to shoot someone on the bridge? <laughs> yes, truly. Because we, we must wanted know. to shoot him too. So. <laughs> Fucking Bob. Bob. Bob really took over that episode. <laughs> yeah. When I first read that the script for episode five, I was on the subway and I was kind of like, whoa, you know, they're really giving her a lot to do. And getting to the end of that scene, I think I audibly, you know, we all had masks on at that point, but I was like, ah, you know? <laughs> I hit the jackpot. It was really fun. And then sh shooting it was fun, too. Although I'll say, you know, I've shot shotguns before just skeet shooting. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mick knows nothing about guns. It's I don't know anything about <laughs> guns, but I'm like, skeet shooting is a thing I have heard in my brain before. <laughs> so I'm going to. Yep. Mm -hmm. Sounds yeah. great. <laughs> yeah. Just uh, not shooting anything alive. Just clay pigeons, you know, up in the air. Yeah. The, the actual shooting of that scene was a lot because the gun obviously was heavy it wasn't a real it was a prop gun but it was still very heavy and for some reason the choreography of the shoot like chick chick say a line walk forward another shoot chick chick was like a lot for my brain <laughs> so I <I've, laughs> I really struggled with that scene to be honest 
And I'm very pleased with the way it came out. I can't tell that you struggled <laughs> at all because Billy Ann was in fucking badass mode at that moment. Nice. Well, thank you to the editors and to Vincenzo, the director, <laughs> for <laughs> making me look good. I mean, a lot of people can't even walk and chew gum. You're good. Like, that's a, lo- <laughs> that's a lot of like hand and feet. Most you're fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You don't um, approach clay pigeons to shoot them at the uh, chest <laughs> level. <laughs> doesn't usually happen. Yeah. Yeah. Well, going back, one thing that I loved that you guys said early on, I think about episode one, you mentioned that it was really cool that they had a character like Billy Ann in the show because, you know, in, a, in this kind of sci-fi show, you don't usually get, you know, a, a female best friend character. <laughs> Or anyone who's sane, frankly. <laughs> <laughs> True. Yeah. Yeah. That was cool to hear. I also loved your whole thing about how she turns the car the truck off and on. <laughs> I mean, I didn't even catch that. And I I mean, I don't want to put the blame on somebody else, but I, I don't think that I would have consciously decided to do that. I'm pretty sure it was probably like a, a directional thing. It was yeah. it was probably directional and like editing all tied together in a way <laughs> where my neurotic brain could not not see it where I was like, she's turned the truck off. She's turned the truck on, off, on, <laughs> off, on, off, on, off, on like a million times. I mean, maybe let's believe that in 2032, people are trying to be more conscious about you know, the emissions they put into the air. So you, you don't stall like. <laughs> Not with that truck, honey. Not with that <laughs> but that's, but that's actually, that's actually the, the note that got you in contact with us. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So our, our pointing out some crazy nonsense was what yeah. got us in contact with you and ultimately ended up in this interview, which you yeah. know what? I'll take it any day of the week. (laughs) (laughs) Completely worth it. People mention that and we know it, that like, we'll let the biggest thing slide, but then they'll just be like this quirky little thing. Like, why are they doing that? That's so weird. (laughs) I love how much time you spent on uh, Tommy's like face not being fucked up. Yeah, you have any insight on that? I have no idea. (laughs) We, We nitpick because we care. It's true. Yeah. yeah, I get that. We nitpick because we care. When we stop caring, we stop talking. Right. We, we have abandoned many a show who abandoned us first, frankly. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's good to hear. Yes. We have done, we've done many a podcast about many a show and have died very quickly on those shows mm-hmm. for various reasons. But this show, we cannot get enough of. We had to we had to obviously delay our recording for our the finale episode because of my face getting jacked up. Yeah. <laughs> and some other stuff, but we stuck with it and we 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 recorded that episode and we theorized for how long did we theorize for BP? Uh, so once it got really bad, I actually put in the show notes, like at an hour and 35 minutes, it was like all nonsense. For me. <laughs> I was like, if you don't want to hear us sound so freaking weird, because I didn't really edit it. You know, I was like, this was us like trying to sort it out. So if you don't want to hear that, cut off the episode. Yeah. So, so there was like a solid 40 minutes of us just theorizing because the show is, is so 
freaking good. Nice. And it's going to be so exciting to see when we do get a season two, because we're putting it into the ether that it's going to happen. Yeah. Um, when we get a season two, how Billy Ann ties into the main storyline instead of just being sidelined with her super smart husband, Jasper. <laughs> <laughs> how she ties into that main storyline and how everybody just comes together because I, I can see it happening. Like I can write that that plot line in my head. And I'm just super excited to see what comes next. Yeah, me too. How do you feel like going forward? How do you feel about there being two Billy Ants? Uh, yeah, as soon as I found found out that it was getting into like a multiverse territory, I was like, "This is this is an actor's dream." It's just it can't get any better than that. <laughs> yeah, because you get you get to play Billy Ann, who just lost her best friend, and Billy Ann, who still has her best friend. Like you get you get two delicious meals. Yeah. And she's going to grow in different directions that will, yeah, make make both Billy Ann's very, very different from each other. Do you think, and I know it's all just speculation, so we're not holding you to anything, but do you think that they will address both of those timelines in some way? I hope so. I mean, I, I think that'd be kind of wild if they didn't. There's so much there. I mean, they can have so much fun. Totally. There, there is so much to feast on. Yeah. <laughs> Even this season though needed I feel like it needed to be about twice as long. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Those last two episodes could have been like 10 episodes agree. like completely where we got yeah. to dig in more to each each moment and each storyline. Those last two episodes were so we we had been kind of bitching beforehand. Uh-huh. <laughs> about how we were like okay you got to give us something to eat like you you can't keep us starving and then they gave us the last two episodes and we're like oh no <laughs> it's too much <laughs> yeah i'm full yeah yeah i'm full but i also would be fine to just like throw up and keep eating let's go <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah some hunger games bullshit right now <laughs> Yeah, I know. It, it should have been longer because, I mean, that's what's so fun about it. Like, there's so much going on, but then there are so many different characters that you really want to see fleshed out. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's the balance between kind of the the community family drama and some, like, really next level <laughs> sci-fi stuff. So I have a question for you. What was your response when during Flynn's countdown? Her, her 10 to 1, that Billy Ann popped up. Oh, I mean, I, I had no idea that that countdown was going to happen. I thought it was really powerful. And yeah, I, uh, well, of course, I'm, I'm honored to be one of Flynn's top <laughs> choices she thinks about before she dies. But, you know, also not surprised. Yeah, I, I would expect her in there. But yeah, I loved that countdown. I thought that was really well done. That I I have to say, I as as a human, I am not an emotional one. Like I do not emote a lot. But when that happened on my screen, I started weeping like a little baby. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, I teared up too. Yeah. It destroyed me, uh, something fierce. And I think BB probably had a similar Okay, my experience with this was actually strange. And I'm so bad about doing this sometimes. If I get to watch a show that just dropped, 
and it's the finale, I will go to the end. I will. Cause I'm, it's like FOMO. I'm like, I'm going to see it before you do. <laughs> but yeah. then I kind of like watched it or just like started going through to a point where I could kind of see where it was going to go. And it didn't make any sense whatsoever. So I'm like, Oh, fine. And I watched the entire thing. And then I'm like, <laughs> now it makes sense. Okay. <laughs> it was yeah. bad. It was bad. Did you guys like how it had come out, you know, weekly or would you have preferred it if it was all at once or in chunks? I, okay, I'm going to, I'm just going to say what I got to say and I'm going to let Beep take, take it over. But I like the week by week because Beep and I are flaky motherfuckers. Mm-hmm. So us trying to do a podcast on a show that comes out in chunks is so unlikely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, before we even did this one, we're like, okay, we've had like four podcasts that we started, put out one episode that totally forgot about. So this one needs to have a goal, right? I'm like, I'm like, dude, it's eight episodes, right? The first two come out. It's like seven weeks of stuff. We can totally do this. We can handle eight. <laughs> yeah. So we 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 thoroughly valued the week by week format of it just because we're flaky motherfuckers yeah yeah i i value it as a viewer too i always prefer that with tv because it's yeah it it gets you excited about the next one yeah and then then you have to wait well that was like when episode seven came out and we like we had podcasted about it and i have not been that excited about an episode of tv in so long definitely pre-pandemic yeah pre-pandemic like pre-covid I have not been that excited about an episode of TV. And then obviously I had some life stuff happen that delayed me in, in viewing it. But when I viewed it, I was like, oh my God, I need, I need a season two. I need a season two yesterday. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, it was so good. Like in my heart, I want it all at once. Right. I want to know that it's there and I can just devour it. I I so desperately wanted to know what was going to happen. However, the only shows I've had that issue with recently are because I was like, this is going to be so bad (laughs) and I just need to see it and get over it and like break (laughs) off my relationship. This is toxic, not healthy, like ended already. But, but with this one, yeah, it was like, because seven was incredible. Yeah. Right. Five and six, like. I liked them, but I had a little, tr- like, it felt a little, a little bumpy to me in the middle there. But then we got seven and I was like, oh, this is amazing. So then eight was like, come on guys, I need it right now. Yeah. So in my heart, I wanted all of it. But just like Mick said, if we got all eight at once, like this wouldn't be a thing. We never would have talked about it. We, we never would have podcast about it. Hell, it, who knows if we would have even watched it. It's so true, right? Or, or that's what I was going to say is we say it like it's because we're important, like Ooh, we get to do a podcast. But the issue there, I think, though, is like universal. It's like all the viewers. So if you watch it then, but then somebody else watches it two months later, like when we have that binge model, the shows don't get as much buzz and like attention, you know, because there is nobody's on the same schedule yeah, as right. far as going through it. So it's like the chatter about it dies down really quickly. Yeah, I agree. So I definitely enjoyed having more content pushed at me so then I could could do that. And then it's also been quite a while 
since I have enjoyed a show, especially sci-fi, like we've been really struggling with sci-fi for a few years now. And to have one where it's like, I actually actively wanted to theorize about it and Mm -hmm. figure it out and like take it apart, you know, whereas so many lately have been like, it's just so plot driven. You Mm -hmm. don't like the characters don't have the correct motivations. They're out of character. Like you're like, why did they do that? It doesn't make any sense. Yeah. But I felt like as insane as this show was, is will continue to be. It's just, I constantly wanted to get inside of the minds of the characters. And I felt like they gave me enough that allowed me to do that. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Yeah, no, I definitely felt like a lot of this show was just laying a trail, like a crumb trail for us to us to get absorbed into and and follow to the point where like we said in our uh our finale episode where we're gonna put up the 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 cardboard on the walls and have the the thumbtack thread lines running all over the place (laughs) oh we'll do it and we'll send it to you (laughs) okay cool (laughs) yeah i mean you you don't really want a sci-fi show to give you all the answers i think like that's what's exciting about it is that there's mystery and i mean i i wonder if the writers even i'm i'm sure they're working on season 2 and they have kind of decided like where that second stub starts and all that but it's kind of cool that you know it it could really be so many different it could have started at so many different times it could be well well we we narrowed it down it has to be between when (laughs) we when connor and flynn talked and the present so it has to be sometime between those two yeah i think you're right but anytime between them We spent a lot of time breaking it down, so let's just go ahead and pretend that our theory is correct. Mm-hmm. But there is, uh, there are a lot of seconds between when Connor and Flynn spoke and when Flynn died. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Okay, two different questions. Maybe three or five. Do you think that Billy Ann will ever go to the future? Or would you like to see that? I think it would be a, a real crying shame if she didn't. I mean, <laughs> come on. Like, don't we all want to see that? <laughs> I mean, I do. I mean, we like obviously we want to see Billy Ann in the future. We want to yeah. see Billy Ann in every scene. That's true. Yeah. Okay. Me too. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, it, it would just be so much fun to see her in the future. Yeah. It would, I mean, it would be hilarious. Oh, It'd be yeah. hilarious seeing her like control a peripheral and like yeah. be like oh shit i have superpowers all of a sudden <laughs> yeah i know i think she would be really impressed with her outfit that they give her oh that's you know, true like her slicked back hair or something you know yeah i feel like she probably hasn't ever really been out of the area like that would just be my guess yeah right so that huge city and not only like how big london it is in general but Oh my gosh, the stuff they have. I feel like she would just be so overwhelmed. Yeah, totally. Billy Ann in 2100 would be such a fucking romp. <laughs> yeah, can really we do like a spinoff show? Yes! Yeah, like a complete spinoff <laughs> show or just Billy Ann in 2100. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, we'll start working on that. Cool. <laughs>
Yeah. Okay. So two things here. What was your favorite scene to film? And if it was different, what was your favorite scene of yours to watch? And then what was your favorite scene at all? <laughs> I'm so sorry. That, that was oh. coming out like at the same time. <laughs> that so. is so complicated. I can write it down if I need to. <laughs> okay. So let, let me back up. Let me back up. What was your favorite scene to film? Okay. I think my favorite scene to film was, I believe it's in episode uh, three. And it's when Jasper and Billion pull up in the truck and she's asking about why men tend to pee around the toilet on the floor. And then she finds the cash and he, you know, makes a promise to her. And, you know, it's a short little scene, but it was, it was the first scene that Chris Coy and I shot together and we had been friends for a while before we got to actually work together. So we were really excited about finally, you know, doing one of our scenes and it was also the first scene that we shot at the Jasper and Billy Ann house. And all of those scenes that we did there were so much fun. But yeah, I, I think it was just one of those one of those experiences where, you know, you you feel really like locked into the character and to the relationship. And we were really having fun and finding little nuances and I believe we were working with Alric as the director and he was really fun and yeah I think I think that one was my favorite to shoot and then my favorite to watch I actually I really I really like the first scene with uh Billy Ann and Flynn in in episode one when they're in um Kinkos 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 <laughs> yeah yeah that was fun to watch and we actually we shot that scene on the very first day of shooting ever, I think. It was the very first day of shooting. And then we reshot some of it in North Carolina. So we originally shot it on a set in London and then reshot some of it in the actual you know, storefront in North Carolina. And I, I think I came away from both shooting days being like, you know, kind of unsure of how it would play out and of, of unsure of how I did, especially the first day of shooting, I was really nervous. But yeah, see, seeing it cut together, I, I really enjoy it. That makes me like, I can't imagine being an actor in general, just because there is like physical proof of your work. Yeah. <laughs> Where yeah. like, whereas like I'm a project manager uh -huh. <laughs> professionally. And so I tell people to do what they're supposed to do and they do it. And, and like, there isn't, you know, a physical manifestation of that work. Yeah. Like, right. So being an actor, I feel like is such a challenging role to choose to play. And one, we love you for it. Like way to go because you give us media that we absolutely love, but also at the same time, I'm just like, Oh my God, that's so freaking hard to do yeah it does seem like to me i know we rag on him a lot uh because the character's just kind of derpy but but chris does seem like he must be a really like kind and humble guy and as much as i'm like jasper what are you doing you're so dumb like i do kind of want to fist fight people on his behalf 
<laughs> oh, after that finale, I was like, I would like if he hadn't had them hit a tr- like get hit by a train, like throw me in there, man. I'm like I'm ready. I'm like I'm ready to throw some punches. Yeah, I know. Yeah, he's he's a he's an incredible actor and a great friend. Yeah, he's he, he's doing something really cool with that character, giving him a lot of depth and, you know, obviously the character is easy to be annoyed with but at the same time you're you're still sort of rooting for him yeah well the same way she said at the end like i just thought you deserved a win yeah you know? right. yeah because <laughs> when you look at what he's been through i mean especially with corbell i mean that dude is psycho <laughs> yeah. corbell is a fucking looney tunes <laughs> character so seeing jasper kind of reach his limit and make that phone call to billy ann and be like hey I'm about to make a really bad decision. Can you talk me out of it? Mm-hmm. Was such a humanizing moment for that character. And it was just fun to see Billy Ann just being like, hey, I fell in love with you for a reason. Like, I'm not a dumbass. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. I fell in love with you. <laughs> I'm not you. So. I'm, like, I'm not you. Like, I fell in love with you for a reason. Yeah, right. And she, you know, she clearly gets fed up with him and like bosses him around a lot. I think, you know, she gives him a hard time, but there's, there's a a lot of love there. Now, does he get to be in the spinoff we're writing or no? (laughs) He has to be. I mean, come on. We we can't just. (laughs) I mean, you could just go to 2100 and stay there. I don't know what Jasper's doing. (laughs) But we want to see her back and forth, you know? Okay. We want to see her come back from being in a dance club in 2100 London. Living, living her best life. Yeah, like she she goes to a dance club with Ash, and they like have you know the time of their lives, and you know there's some technology where everybody knows the same dance choreography, so you know it's just like one major dance number. Flash mob. Yeah, (laughs) control flash mob. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So that actually brings up an interesting follow up two-part again i swear this one won't be as difficult (laughs) who would you like to act with as far as an actor and then who would you like to see billy ann interact with as a character if they're different if they're not cool then okay i would let's see i think i'm gonna i think i'm gonna answer the the second question first i want billy ann and love to to me <laughs> oh <laughs> spicy <laughs> just a lot of character there you know yeah i That's see a, that that is a lot of character happening all at once <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> yeah so that's just because it would be fun in terms of actors i mean you know jj counts for sure but i feel like i should it, that's a really hard question because it's like i only had scenes with what four different actors on this show and well you know i'm gonna say uh wilf i'm gonna say gary because uh gary and i became really good friends and we've never had the opportunity to to act together and i think that'd be fun i think i think i could easily see a way that they could bring wilf and billy ann together yeah like it's it's not a huge leap yeah no No. (laughs) flynn's best friends in both worlds yeah true but again, like I could just, there are so many people that I would love to to have scenes with, you know, it would be, I, I take anybody and everybody. 
I'm I'm really impressed by this cast. Well, but we do have a little bit of a hole to fill. So if you want to go to the future and Mick doesn't get cast, we can ship you with Alita. It's really like, a- oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. thank you for that. Yeah, Alita would be, Alita would be pretty sweet. I mean, I think they would be fast friends, Billy Ann and Alita. <laughs> Something like that. <laughs> Yeah, maybe Billy Ann would uh, go back to her college days when she was questioning her sexuality. <laughs> if, if, if I can't, if I can't manifest myself into the storyline, Billy Ann is a solid second. Yeah, I'm gonna need you to pitch that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I don't think Billy Ann's totally straight. Let's be honest. <laughs> is anyone really? No. <laughs> That's like, that's awesome. So what would have been, or what is your favorite scene just to watch as a viewer that you Ooh. weren't necessarily in? Hmm. I re- Oh, you know, I really loved that scene after Burton and Connor get back from fighting in the building with Beatrice. Uh, Beatrice. Thank you. We, we love Beatrice it's- on this pod. Oh yeah. Beatrice is, a, a great addition, like, but both Beatrice and Lobier, thank God that they came around. They should have been around earlier. But yeah, I love I love it when they get back to the trailer and they're just so pumped. It's just, I, I think that there are a few moments in season one where you see people really like elated and celebratory. And there's like this little bit of humor there with Connor having the crush. And uh, there was, there was like a lot of energy to that moment. And I really appreciated that. I'm going to marry that woman. I'm going to marry that. (laughs) I'm going to marry her. He's like, Ooh, that robot lady. (laughs) I'm like, you do that, dude, go for it. But uh, no, I like that you said that. And, And those moments are especially important when it Mm -hmm. comes back to the 2032 timeline, because that town just has like a little bit of a cloud over it. Yeah, exactly. It's nice to see people laugh. Yeah. Yeah. To see people be silly. Yeah. And those guys, obviously the characters have been through so much that it's like, you got to do something exciting. And then for Connor, it's like the physicality of it as well. You know, you you got to live an actual life. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right. He's he's up kicking people's asses again. I mean, that's that's got to feel good. Yeah. But the same thing is when, is kind of when they went in the first time and they were just kind of like standing there, you know, and like Lobier's ready to, to <laughs> interrogate people and they're just kind of like, "What's on my arm?" Like I know, what I a weird that. experience for them that that's like their first time. <laughs> and they're just immediately like Well, and Flynn is just like <sighs> what else do I have to deal with right now? But Burton and Connor are like, oh my God, bodies, we have arms, we got legs, like what is going on? And Night Flynn, vision. poor Flynn is just like, no, another fucking thing to deal with. God damn it. That's so true uh, though. <laughs> well, I'll say like one of my favorite things after having seen this whole season about this show is just how many really awesome badass female characters there are say yes yeah truth truth preach so many and we love them all 
Like you yeah, love even them the all. worst ones. I'm like, I get you. All right. All yeah. right. You're nailing well, it. We've seen, we've seen Ash go from antagonist to almost a protagonist in the story where they've inserted themselves in a way where they are a major player now. We've seen Lobier and Beatrice like pop in and just be like, hi, we're awesome. (laughs) (laughs) In case you you were missing us, we are amazing. Like, hello. And then you have Flynn and even uh, even Mama, Mm -hmm. Ella, just with her, just like the strength that she carried throughout the entire season. Where she was like, hey, I know I'm going to die, but like, oh, well, <laughs> like that's life. <laughs> yeah. Right. It ends this way for everyone. Yeah, like, she really just... made her peace with it. <laughs> like, she seriously made her peace with it. And just like the the message that she was able to give to Flynn on her way out, essentially. Because for all we know, we're going to, when we get the season two that we are going to get, we're going to get a season two. Mm-hmm. It's happening. Yeah, we're calling it. Mama will have already passed on and we're catching up, you know, 24 days later because the, the estimate was 23 days. Yeah. And we get to see how everything plays out and the legacy that Mama left behind. Right. Yeah. Also, we must not forget Sharice. No, never forget her. God, Dr. <laughs> Newland. Oh, yeah. boy. So you probably heard if you listen, like where we knew Tania Miller from was Haunting of Bly Manor, mm-hmm. in which she was the most compassionate, sweetest, like, like she was like the big hug, right? That everyone in that, in that show needed because it was just scary. It was really <laughs> scary. It was just like super depressing. It was, it was a lot. It was a lot. Yeah. But now in this one, she is like the polar opposite. Of that character. So I am actually afraid of her because I'm like, look at what this woman can do. Who who is she? Like yeah, she's right. such a good actor that I'm like thrown off by her existence. Tanya Miller as Sharice Newland is just a powerhouse. Yeah. In a way I was- where like I like I I feel like Billy Ann could duke with her, but Billy Ann would probably lose. <laughs> probably yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah she's not prepared for for that kind of craziness I don't think <laughs> but yeah I, I love what she does with with the character you know physically I feel like she has this kind of way of speaking and you know moving her mouth and it's it's just very it's a very uh lived in character well she's like royalty you know what I mean like to me that's how she moves and speaks of like I am so clearly in charge. Why would anybody ever question that? Yeah. I also want to believe that she's not all evil. Me like, too. I don't, I don't think anyone's all evil. So there's got to be something else going on there, you know? No, I think I think the way that she brings life to this character is so freaking nuanced and so intricate that we can't actually know the character's true intentions. Yeah. 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 Because we have the issue of the timelines being separate. Right. So even at the very beginning, Alita was like, I didn't say our world when she's talking about saving somebody. So like what actually is Sharice's end game, right. With all the experiments and stuff, but it it all seems to branch off (laughs) branch off of one 
decision that she made at some point, which is essentially that the people in the stubs are not people. They're just like little lab rats. We can get rid of them. If you accept that premise, which, oh my God, please don't. But if you accept that premise, everything she's doing makes perfect sense. Yeah, right. I just don't fully understand what her end game is besides just like protecting all that information from somebody in the future she thinks might get a hold of it. But I'm like, what are you actually trying to accomplish? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Because she talks about it all being for the for the greater good, like you know, to the, the getting the empathy into the haptics so that wars don't break out anymore. And, you know, human beings are more empathetic. So like, there's something good behind that desire, but, you know, clearly not going about it in the best way. Yeah, But I'm also totally willing to blow up a missile silo for reasons. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. She's yeah. literally going to like level a town because she can't kill one girl. Like it's so, <laughs> it's so insane to me. Yeah, I mean, Billy Ann is just like sitting on the side, like eating like a hoagie with Flynn being like, well, shit, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I know. I like to think about what she was doing <laughs> in those last two episodes as everything's going on. Like somebody, po- one of my friends pointed out, like, you have so many scenes where you're waking up. <laughs> so, it really implies that she just like sleeps a lot. She Maybe goes she's depressed. <laughs> she, she had to talk Flynn out of like her depression. So maybe she that's why she knows about it because she's so desperately depressed herself. <laughs> yeah. She's like, oh, I'm married to Jasper. I gotta take a nap. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Really inexplicably tired for no reason again. Yeah. Ooh, maybe she's pregnant. No, I know. Oh, I nobody don't. likes kids in sci-fi. It's, it's no, weird. <laughs> that makes it too complicated. We, we like it's already way too complicated. <laughs> with just like Charisse and Flynn duking it out in various timelines. Like we don't need a child. No, no, a child can't go to the dance club. No, that no. you're at. Yes, of course. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so this begs the question. Okay, nobody is completely evil. Fine. Who do you think is the most evil? Just from your perspective. Uh probably Corbell. Ooh, <laughs> Ooh Corbell Pickett. Yeah. He's very rough. Yeah. He's just mean. Ugh, yeah, his just for the animalistic joy of it. Yeah, exactly. Gross. My favorite thing was I was I was on Twitter and I had said something about something unrelated and someone was like oh you just have to embrace the animalistic joy of it like they quoted Corbell Pickett like point blank to me (laughs) in like a a reply and I was like I mean you're not wrong but also oh my god (laughs) (laughs) and block (laughs) (laughs) like oh boy (laughs) yeah how many people out there are like I want to be more like this guy more like Corbell Pickett (laughs) yeah no you're right he is just like just mean as it can be I think on the flip side Lev Mm -hmm. in in 2100 is kind of I mean he's like yeah I'm just gonna go send back a hit on my entire family because it'd be weird if I existed elsewhere like I'm too good for that like whoa dude yeah he's a weirdo Meanwhile, I think Sharice is the is the uh, big bad to watch out for. She's just she takes 
Corbell's statement about the animalistic joy of things of just being like absolutely evil and like embodies it Mm -hmm. i just i don't know i think she's a lot more nuanced than him i'm not sure that evil is her thing as much as just like misguided weirdness i mean she don't get me wrong she's evil and they're all insane for some reason (laughs) (laughs) well i like that everybody that is in the 2100 timeline as like a power player is psychotic they're total nut bars (laughs) total they're completely bonkers yeah i mean i guess that's what happens to you after you've lived through the jackpot I mean, yeah, and like, let's not accelerate that jackpot in our current TV timeline <laughs> because yeah, right. God knows what's going to happen when Flynn ends up being like an all powerful deity because of the jackpot. <laughs> <laughs> I also, I'm curious about original Flynn and Tommy and the original timeline that ends up as 2100. Like, are we going to meet? whatever you know old person flynn and tommy could they still be alive oh i would i would love nothing more like i would love it so much if they brought back og timeline flynn and tommy Mm -hmm. yeah i think we could do that as a flash across like 2032 or some point at that but i don't think they would be alive in 2100 especially if they stayed in town well, no, because no, because Lobier. <laughs> yeah, good point. Lobier said that that Flynn from twenty one hundred died. Oh, okay, okay. There we go. Done. But I missed that. <laughs> but 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 Flynn did marry Tommy in that timeline. So like they didn't make it all the way to twenty one hundred, mm-hmm. but they did make it kind of further. Maybe one of their kids. Ooh. Ooh, that would Or be like fun. their grandkids. I mean, yeah. But it would, I think that it would be a really fun mix up to be like, hey, <laughs> here's Flynn from 20, from our 2100 timeline who is happy with Tommy and not like a super ninja badass peripheral. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But we can't. Okay, so let's get confused for a second. <laughs> oh, no. We can't go back in time in the 2100 timeline, right? Because we create stubs. I guess not. No, yeah. because you'd be creating a stub for every, like, interaction. Mm-hmm. Right. But I guess the, the, you know, magic of television could just give us mm-hmm. a flashback. Yeah. No, I'd love to see them being all happy with their stupid little kids. Yeah, I guess it doesn't make sense that they would still be alive. That My math didn't uh, work out right there. <laughs> That's okay. No, uh, they might have some incredible technology that keeps people alive for longer at that point. There you go. You know Maybe. what? You can't, you can't write anything off when you're talking about sci-fi TV. You really can't. <laughs> oh, that's a good question, too. Uh, just as a viewer assuming she ends up with someone who do you want to see Flynn end up with besides her brother which just won't work out for some reason <laughs> <laughs> all right beef all right I'm sorry I just... uh who do i want to see flynn end up billy ann no <laughs> i was gonna go in that direction actually soulmates <laughs> forever yeah 
once again, I, I, you know, Flynn's got these uh, male crushes, but I don't, I don't know if uh, she's, she's going to be like that forever. I don't know if she, she completely is like that, you know? So who would I like to see her with? Charisse. <laughs> <laughs> That is so real. That is amazing. <laughs> I would have also accepted Alita. Right. Yeah, Sharice and Flynn end up like OTP forever. <laughs> that would be awesome and so weird. That actually would be amazing yeah. if that happened. Yeah, I hope you're listening because we're throwing out some really good stuff here. We're, we're throwing out some prime real estate here for them to take hold of <laughs> yeah what do we want to happen with each character let's go ahead and lay it out for them <laughs> or maybe we don't because then it's like fanfic and they can't listen to our ideas like oh, oh right where do we go with it but it's just yeah. theorizing we're just theorizing <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness yeah well i think oh, how long have we been talking for over an hour <laughs> So we should probably let you get back to your uh, your life. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> but thank you so much for joining us for this conversation. We have been looking forward to it so freaking much. And you lived up to all of our expectations. And more. Right. <laughs> well, I can say the same about you guys. It was a lot of fun. Stop. Oh, you're going to make us blush. <laughs> Because you called it Beers with Billy Ann, I opened a beer at 2 p.m. I'm so glad for you. We love that for you. (laughs) We love it so much. Well, thank you so much for joining us. We will hopefully talk to you after season two happens or during season two. Ooh, that'd be fun. Yeah. Thanks for listening. This will be our last episode while we're waiting for a season two renewal announcement. And if that comes back, then we will too. Otherwise, you might see Twins Talk TV pop up on other shows, and we'll be sure to post any previews here to let you guys know where to follow that. Till next time, we'll see you soon.